0: And I realized that men are the backbone of the society, of their families, of their churches. And if a man gets out of alignment with his integrity, he no longer is able to be upright as a man.
1: You're a man of strong passion, a warrior of great courage, designed and created to conquer, to crush it in singleness and marriage. Master Fatherhood, Finance, and Health. You were made to reign in life. Gentlemen, welcome to the Rain in Life podcast. I'm Rain de la Nues. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, you are catching episode two of an epic interview with Jim Ramos. If you haven't seen the first one, go ahead and check that out right here. It, here it is in the description. If you're listening to a podcast, it's down in the show notes. You don't want to miss it. In this episode, we're going to be going over a little bit more in detail about every single aspect. Or, or characteristic from his book, The Man Card. Guys, I am telling you from a United States Marine Corps officer, get it today. I don't think I'm allowed to endorse people like that, but you know, I'm going to say it anyways, because this book is important. I, and we have a Commandant's reading list. I would put this on the Commandant's reading list. There's a difference between a, male, a man and a male, and Jim does an excellent job at describing it here. So guys, without further ado, reintroducing Jim Ramos. Still doing good, man?
0: I am doing great. And it's an honor to be on the show, man. It's just a really honor to be a part of you and your audience. You got a great audience of young guys and man, We're just excited to kind of point them in the right direction. That's right. And get them through life. That's right. So it's exciting.
1: Excellent. So I love the analogy that you have going on when, when you describe the characteristics that separate a man from a boy, and that is the analogy of climbing a mountain. Right. And, and I, I have to be honest with you. I'm one of those guys that a don't doesn't like process. And I I guess there's a lot of guys in the audience that don't appreciate it. And I don't like, um, the end of things. So I'll, I'll climb up a mountain, but man, coming down, I'm relaxing. So please, please, Jim lead us on this trail. Let's start with the trailhead. Um, tell us a little bit more about that first characteristics that separates a man from a boy.
0: Yeah. Hey man, I I'm in the same school as you, man. I hate, I don't ever like to. travel through the same spot twice. Yes. So the the beautiful (laughs) thing about climbing a mountain, I climbed the highest mountain in America, Mount Whitney, several years ago. Nice. And I hated it because it's climb up and you climb down the same trail. Mm. I want to go up and down a different trail. Uh, We just finished a 48 mile ruck uh, uh, with uh, in two days. So we took two days and did it. And uh, man, we never crossed the same spot twice. And that's how it needs to be. And I'm a visual guy. Men are visual. So we want to give men a picture of what a man is, not just words, but a picture And so we have this mountain, it's this big gnarly mountain, you know, for a 14 er let's say, and you're going to climb up and you're going to climb down. You're not going down the same trail. You're going up and down a different trail. You're never touching the same spot twice. And so when we, when we did that, we wanted to address uh, the topic of what target do men want to shoot at to be a man? What is a man, you know, doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter when in history you've lived. It doesn't matter, you know what religion you are, uh, doesn't matter any of this stuff. Well, how old you are, we wanted to come up with a definition for manhood that would transcend all of these things. And so we had to, we've created this uh, mountain image. And so the trailhead, the starting point of manhood, is integrity. In fact, the progressive verb form is protecting. Protecting integrity. I have to do that every day. Because I can protect it today and tomorrow I can lose it. And so, what the two things about integrity I want to talk about is the first one is this I was uh, training and doing this extreme uh, weightlifting um, workout through a certain organization, which I won't name. And I ended up injuring my back doing double unders and rope climbs and slip disc, baby. And uh, I went from being a fully functional, 200 at the time, 45 pound guy who could do, you know, 100 pull ups and all these things. To a guy who could hardly stand up straight, uh, I had to work laying down. In fact, one of the books I wrote, I wrote on my stomach in the prone position, and uh, and I was not able to function as a man, as a human, because I had this little disc the size of a silver dollar that moved. I'd say a millimeter, but I'm an American, so you know one one thirty second of an inch back, and it debilitated me. And I realized that that it, I, that 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 men are the backbone of the society of their families of their churches and if a man gets out of alignment with his integrity he no longer is able to be upright as a man so f- integrity is the functional it's functional it's a it's the functional component of manhood if i lose my integrity think about this i don't care what you believe who your pastor is you know who your who your superior officer is if that guy does not have integrity you don't respect him period and, and and integrity for women—they don't ever talk about it. They don't really care for some reason as much. But us us dudes—if you lose integrity, and you're, if I lose your integrity, man, you will never look at me the same again. It is it is the the functional component of manhood. Not only is it functional, it's foundational. You know, if you're climbing up a rope. You know, you get a big burly guy like me on there. We want to use our arm strength. You don't climb a rope with your arms. No, you ratchet, you you ratchet, you ratchet a rope with your legs.
1: Yes, that's right. So
0: your legs have to be the foundation for that rope climb. If you're going to shoot a weapon, you have to have anchor points. You anchor your elbows to the ground. You ankle your feet, your knees, you anchor your face to the weapon. Everything's in alignment. You have to be anchored. You have to have a foundation And, and, and integrity is foundational to manhood. You know, I've never met a real man. I've met males, but not a real man who says, you know what? I want my kid to grow up to be government supported on food stamps, unemployed, lazy, liar, criminal. No real man ever says that about their kids, right? Because we want to, we want to raise young sons and young daughters with the foundation of integrity. So if we can't, deal with this integrity issue, Rain. we never even get up the mountain, bro. That's right. We're stuck at the trailhead.
1: Yeah, that's so good. You said the starting point for the male who aspires to ascend to manhood is integrity. So, so well said, so well said. And I, I really appreciate that, that tie-in into the military because there's no way that I'm going to risk my life for another man or for a, a unit when I know that that leader or the people who I'm involved with don't have integrity.
0: Well, we were talking earlier before the podcast, you know, you're a thick guy. I'm a thick guy. And you said, hey, I work out and I'm strong because I know that someday I've got to carry I might have to carry a wounded brother your size out of battle. Well, listen, that's foundational. You're going into war saying I have to have the foundation of strength and endurance because how can my brothers rely on my shoulders to carry their, their dying butt out of there unless I am fit for duty? And, and my wife's a flight attendant, and whenever they get on a plane, they assess ABPs, abled body persons. And so that's what you're saying. That's foundational. If I have a brother who's going to have my back in a dark alley at 2 in the morning, that that guy better have integrity. Right. He better be ready for it.
1: 100%. Yeah. Jim, I uh, didn't share with you. I was a parachute rigger uh, as an enlisted Marine. So that means anything that had to do with parachutes, whether it was throwing a Humvee out of the back of a C-130 or throwing out uh, Raiders, you know, the Marsot guys, whatever it is, we were doing it. And we actually had to test our own parachutes. You know, we had to jump every so (laughs) often. So can we just go ahead and get to the top of the mountain by being parachuted in. Can we, can we just skip the ascent, skip the climb and, and just airdrop in?
0: No. And here's why, because you'll be soft at the bottom because you haven't, you haven't done the work, right? If, if, if you're, if my parachute is packed by somebody else and all I have to do is jump, I get to the bottom. I'm just as soft as I started.
1: <laughs> That's see, so see, the, the, the,
0: the thing. Well, the thing about this is, you know, Teddy Roosevelt wrote an article and had a speech called the, oh, he called it the strenuous life. We are made, our bodies are made for pressure. Our bodies are made for resistance. If I don't use it, I lose it. If I don't use my left leg for six months, I can't walk anywhere. I keep walking in circles, <laughs> you know? And so we we're built for resistance. We're built for pain. The problem in America is we are all about avoiding pain. And we have, I was at the gym with my wife. I've got a heart rate monitor. And so I, I have a certain goal to get the uh, 50 Meps every workout. Right. So I went and worked out with my wife yesterday. We both weren't feeling good. It was early in the morning. I had my wife with me and we did this little power lifting workout kind of thing. And I got home 47 MEPS. So it didn't count as a workout. So I had to go back in the afternoon and did a high intensity interval workout. And I burned twice the MEPS in half the time going hard because my body desires resistance. And so the second aspect of manhood is probably the greatest battle a man will ever fight, especially in our country today. And it's the battle fighting apathy. Apathy is a man's inability to feel, to care. It's indifference is impassivity. And so the best way a man can be, go beyond that is through resistance. And so um, when I, I'm a big dude, and so when I climb a mountain, I, I've tried to change my mentality from being a thrill seeker to being a hill seeker, because I realize that getting my 250, you know, after a week of fasting and, and uh, you know, a sweatbox, 250-pound body up a mountain, there's a lot of more, a lot more resistance than a 150 pound guy. And so I have to battle through all of these forces pushing me back down the mountain. And unfortunately today rain, we live in a country that if you step up to be a man, our country, sadly, there are voices out there that tell you that's not okay. It's not okay to understand who you are as a man. It's not okay to be a, uh, heterosexual male it's not okay to love your wife it's not okay to lead in your community and family that's not okay well we've got to say that's not true not only is it okay but that's what god has designed me to so i'm going to i'm going to press through i'm going to attack i'm going to work through that resistance uh, that are the, are these voices are pushing against me and that'll make me stronger and so i will climb and one of the, the characteristics of climbing One of the characteristics of resistance is pain.
1: Yeah. We
0: have to, we have to, otherwise we're saying pack my chute, I'll jump. I won't experience pain. I'll be just as soft at the bottom as I was before, where Mm. when I'm climbing a mountain, I'm saying I'm going to be experiencing pain, but that pain will make me stronger. It'll make me better.
1: Wow. And it'll make me
0: higher. If I, if I climb a mountain, I end up at the top. If I jump out of a plane, I end up at the bottom.
1: That's right. That's... (laughs) Man, thank you. Thank you for going there, yeah. Jim. Thank you. Gosh. You uh you you kind of made some differentiation in the book about being calloused and having a callous. And you, I love this part that you brought up about the calloused heart. You the and the reason why we have to fight apathy is because we have a tendency to kind of to drift, a natural tendency to drift. Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, a lot of times I'm speaking to man. I'll take I always carry a knife. So I've got at my zero tolerance here. So I could take this knife out and I can just ha- start hacking away at my hands or my heels and I can cut this flesh off my body and people go, "Ooh, oh, gross, but no pain is involved because the nerve endings don't go there anymore. And so, uh, you know, half of all children from divorce will not see their dad for an entire year. That is a man who has lost the feeling for his children. He just doesn't, his actions show his children that not only doesn't he care about them, but he doesn't love them. And so, so, so we have to battle that. You know, I call it the eye of the tiger, man. I wanna be, I wanna have the eye of the tiger when I'm 50, 60, 80. I wanna have that, that Caleb, you know, give me the next hill to charge. You know, I wanna be a man who feels deeply. I don't wanna be a man who retires at 65 and coasts. I've got guys, I got friends now starting to retire. And I'm like, that's, I just don't see that being biblical. I don't see that honoring God. I just, I go, okay, you're going to retire. Then what are you going to do after the second, the second month? you know, and so we need to feel deeply for these things. We need to feel for the causes that God has given us. We need to feel for our churches, our communities, our children, the sick, the lost, the widows, those trafficked sexually. And so when a man loses the feeling and, and quite frankly, at 53 years old, there are things I struggle with. You know, I struggle with certain things. I go, I don't feel anything for that. Maybe anger. And I need to work through that because that's telling me I've got an area of my heart that's calloused. And and any area of my heart that's calloused is an area that God does not have. Well, and he wants well. all my heart, right?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love when you were bringing up just the hearing part, you know, we have to hear the Lord and we actually have, we can allow society to kind of come in with this deafening uh, tune. And, and and over time, we kind of just start losing the sense of hearing the Lord in this area because we've just adjusted to whatever society's telling us is right. That tune that's tweaking and, and deteriorating at our hearing. What were you going to say, Jim? Well,
0: well when I was a young man, uh, I sh- I've been hunting all my life. I mean, all my life, since I killed my first Bucket 11. And uh, when I was a young guy, we would find our rifles in. We just go out and shoot. No ear protection, nothing. And so, so what's happened over time, I have lost hearing because I did not monitor the health of my ears. And part of the problem with men is we don't lose hearing in a minute. We lose it over time. It's a slow fade. And so the the, the the news stations we're listening to, the songs we listen to, the, the videos we watch, the games we play on videos, you know, the porn that we're looking at, these all these things, these deafen a man's ears to hearing the voice of God who in Isaiah 31 that says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And we can't hear that if we're deafening ourselves to the Holy Spirit's voice because of all of the things we're ingesting through our ears right. that are not healthy.
1: Right. And, you know, you said that you actually, you know, you lose hearing because you're not monitoring it. And, and this is interesting because I monitor it yearly. So I know how much hearing I've lost each year from the moment that I first came into the military and I've lost significant hearing in my right ear. And for me, it wasn't because I wasn't monitoring it. It's because I was just, I was doing this thing right here. You said in the book, it's much easier to jump off, slack off and back off than to grind it out uh, on the way to the top. I just was too lazy to take ear protection and put it in. I knew we needed to do it. We get a we get a yearly class all of the time. I mean, it has to happen. Um, we know what we need to do. I just wasn't doing it. So I want to relate this back to you were saying, you were talking about children a little bit. I have three children, uh, four, two, and five months. It is natural. It's just easier for me to take my phone and just dive into whatever YouTube wants to show me. It's just easier to dive into some podcast as I'm helping my wife doing the dishes and not be tuned into what the whole family is going on. It's easier. It just feels nicer. And at the end of the day, sometimes I feel shame because I'm like, I want to father my kids better. I want to be more present. I want to do this better. And I know I can point. To my natural tendency to drift, to just be apathetic about something and say, you know what? I, I just don't want to put the ear protection in. It's in the other room or it's in my other pack. I, I don't want to go get it. You know what I mean?
0: Every time a man does that, he's jumping out of the airplane with a parachute and not climbing the mountain.
1: Weakening, weakening. at he's the bottom. Being,
0: He's being soft. Yeah. You know, the, be, the, 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 the problem with us as men, and we can talk about this in our finishing strong segment, but when you come home from work. That three-hour window—that's really where your manhood is defined. Your manhood—you make and break your manhood in the six to nine window, not at the nine to six window or the seven to six. You, what you, your manhood is not going to be defined by your your military experience or your career. Uh, it's going to be defined with what happens at that house because you're mandated to do certain things as a marine. You, you don't you don't have a choice there. You got to do them. But when you get home, you've got a choice. You can be weak sauce, jumping out of the plane in your parachute land, soft landing, comfortable or you can get it done, put the boots on and start climbing Yeah, with a kid on your shoulders, right? That's
1: it. Yeah, maybe too.
0: <laughs> and then you put your wife in front of you because it's a better view. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: know it. You know it. I love you, babe. Uh, <laughs> so Jim, we're going to progress up the mountain. And finally, we reach the summit. You wrote the apex of manhood is pursuing God. And you, you title this pursuing God passionately. Tell yeah. me about it, man.
0: Yeah, we talked about this in our last podcast, but man, you know, uh, you can be a, a great, great man who doesn't follow religion or any. Kind. You can be a secular guy and be a great man. You can be a horrible, horrible man and be a Christian guy. I've be, I've met horrible humans that were pastors. Horrible humans that were pastors. And so, uh, you know, my my understanding of manhood is very simplistic. And I think as men, we need to focus. We need to laser, laser in on our, you know, like a patriot missile, man, just laser in on that sucker. And, and, and manhood is so simple to me to be the apex of manhood to, to achieve that summit is just radical devotion to the God who created you. You know, he created you, you know, Psalm 139 says all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so if that is true, how am I ever going to achieve the best version of me? How am I ever going to achieve, uh, stay mission true throughout my life. How am I ever going to do that without radical commitment and obedience to Jesus? You know, in America, Christian means right-wing Republican NRA member, God bless the USA. I support the military. military. And and, and honestly, and I listen to country music, so whatever. And so, which doesn't, isn't even country (laughs) music anymore, but, but, you know, but, but that's not, that's not what it means to be a, a Christian a Christian is to radically follow Jesus. And, and I think a lot of our guys, especially our military guys, because it's God, you know, God, core country, right. Or is it, is that the right order? Or is it core God, God country, country core? There it is. Yeah. So, but I mean, e- even in that, I would question, is it really, my father-in-law just came back uh, last weekend and he was a walking dead one, nine Marine in Vietnam. And he was telling my kids, the stories of Vietnam, what happened. He was a 60, he was a 60 mortars guy. Uh, and he's got some horrible, horrible stories, but, he wanted to pass those on to our kids, but he said to my kids, there are no atheists in a foxhole. Wow. And I guess my so question good. to that guy, my question, to that guy in the foxhole is what the hell happens when you get out? Are you being radically committed to the God that saved you in the foxhole? You know? And so this is what manhood is. It's saying, I'm not just going to call myself this thing. You know, you don't call a guy, a Marine when you, I had a, we had a guy, we have, we make guys uh, answer questions to come on our Facebook forum. And the first question is, am I a man? And we had a guy answer, no, I'm a Marine, I mean, <laughs> which I love that. But the, but see Marine means something and it doesn't mean a, it's not a title. It means you do something. And that, that's the same thing as a Christian. It's not a title you parade around. It's something that you are. Right. And this is what it means to p- be at the summit of manhood.
1: That's right. And, and I like to, uh, just point to something that's a little mnemonic device, and you point to it in the book. Um, and you speak about this area of, of your title as being one of the things that you think that you're supposed to pursue um more than God. Uh, somebody once told me, you can always know where your heart is by assessing the four T's of the heart. Where are you spending your time? Where are your treasures? Where's your talk? And where is your uh Tal- talents. talent, talents. Talents. I like it. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> And so I'm like, man, every single time that comes into my mind, Holy Spirit puts it in my heart. I'm like, I have been talking about this a little too much, or it might, you know, I've been investing a little bit too much time in this, or my money is actually not going in the right places. And, and so I want to challenge you guys, analyze the four T's of the heart and make sure that it at the summit, guys, you are going to find your maker and it is God. That is the apex of manhood. So thank you for perfectly uh, describing that, Jim. So I get to the top. Now can I parachute off? Can I get airlifted? Like, let me let me give you some perspective. We take Marines on hikes, and you know it's something that we got to do for conditioning. As an instructor, I know we're about to go to the end, right? And I know that everybody's mind—and I was in their place one time too. Everybody's mind is, "Yes, we're done. We made it. Like you know, we came back around. This is it." But. All the staff know we need to keep going at least two more miles and get it out of your head that once you get to the top or once you get to the finish line, you're done. That's it. So you, this leads us into the descent and leading courageously.
0: Yeah. So uh, every year on Mount Everest, and this year was a big one for Mount Everest, claim more lives than ever. You know, more people die at above the, above the 26,000 feet line, the death zone. More guys die up there every year but they die on the descent. They don't die on the climb. They die in the descent. I had killed a killed a nice buck in New Mexico several years ago. And so we had backpacked into this country and we'd killed those nice bucks. And so we're backpacking out with about 120 pounds of weight on us. And I was really struggling on the downhills. And my cousin said, Jimmy, nose over toes, nose over toes. And so what happens when we summit, especially as men, we're conquerors, we're warriors, we're made to conquer, we're made to conquer what happens when we've conquered that event is we tend to lean back and we tend to relax. And so what I, what I say in the book is that men, when it comes to leading our families, our communities, our churches, men don't defer leadership. So we may delegate aspects of leadership, but it's not the pastor's job to pastor my wife. It's not the youth pastor's job to take care of my teens. It's not the children's pastor's job to take care of my children. It's my job. And I can delegate those things out. But at the end of the day, it's about me accepting the responsibility, taking, as Willink would say, extreme ownership in the things that God has put in my charge and and, and leading and navigating those things uh, to the final destination. And so I just went on a whitewater rafting trip with a group of men this weekend. And it was funny, our guide was, if it wasn't for our guide, it would have been a disaster. He was in the back of the boat, directing, navigating, reading the waters telling us how to row two strokes forward one stroke back that type of thing and he was in the back leading us forward and so it's so important for men on the descent of manhood that we are we are staying focused we are putting our nose over our toes and maintaining traction and we are helping our family navigate through what is actually the most where the ascent is the most painful part of the climb the descent is the most dangerous yes because that we're leading them into a deeper walk with Jesus. We're leading them into their best version in the in the near future. And it's a very, very rocky path on the way down the hill.
1: Yes. So good. I read in there, um, like you're saying, the descent is where we most tempted to lean back. And I'm thinking, man, how many times have I done that at the gym where I, I get done and I'm like, oh, this is it. There's no there's nothing left. No more resist, there's no more resistance. I'm done with the gym. I don't need to stretch out. There's no more, there's nothing left in the process. Let's just go home. And, uh, my last visit to the chiropractor actually showed why that's, that can't be the case. You know, I was so tight on one of my muscles that it was actually turning my leg and hyperextended it to the, hyperextending it to the side and creating a lot of pain. So, so much truth in what you're saying, Jim. Well, and
0: here's the other thing. Uh, I, when I climbed Mount Everest, the guy with me didn't prepare for it and he lost all 20, all All 10 toe nails on the descent, because on the descent, we actually have more friction than the ascent, right on the descent. We have more negative resistance placed on our uh, quads than on the ascent. And on the descent, we have more strain on the joints than on the ascent. And so there's actually a a, a different kind of pain that we experience that can really hurt us in the long run. You know, these guys going in for orthoscopic surgeries, they have no cartilage left. And that's from the downhill, not the uphill. And so there is a lot more long term uh, disability from the descent. And a man who does not lead his family down the mountain is creating long term. We're talking legacy and heritage problems.
1: Yes. Yes. So good. And well, I guess we descended Um we're up and down the mountain, I guess we're done. I mean, let's enjoy retirement in Florida. You know, I see this all around me. I'm, I'm in Daytona beach, Florida, and we have people here. They just, Hey, they're enjoying their last couple of years and just kind of enjoying time off at the golf, uh, golf course. Is it, is that what's next?
0: So again, we've, we started this podcast by saying our work does not identify us. Right. So, so I'm not going to deal necessarily with retiring from your career, yeah, because I, I see that as I see that as things that guys do. Whatever. Yes, yes, of course. But but do we retire from our mission That's that right. God has given us? Do we retire from serving God? And the, the problem is, I had a guy. a lot of guys ask me this question: How do I finish strong? How do I finish strong? And I've thought a lot about that. And and I go back to my ultimate model, the alpha male of the universe, Jesus. Well, how did Jesus finish? Well, I'm pretty committed to certain translations of the Bible. And we have a translation of the Bible that we actually sell to our men. It's a Holman Christian Standard Bible, or it's also the Christian Standard Bible. And it's Life Essentials Bible that Gene gets uh, edited. He's got 1,300 videos in it that guys can read the Bible and watch a video. It's just outstanding. But when Gene gave me, he, he presented me with his own personal copy, signed copy of the book. The first thing as I did is I turned to John 19.30. And what I found there made the difference between rejecting his offer or accepting the offer what's you that? Know, or polite. Well, I went to John 1930 and Jesus is on the cross and he says these three words, it is finished. Now in the Greek and Hebrew language, they don't have punctuation marks. And so, so you have to go with kind of the mood and the, and the flow of the scriptures and you have to really study the context to understand what's going on. But in a lot of Bibles, there's a period there. It is finished, period. But you see, in the Bibles I read, there's an exclamation mark. So there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is a standalone. The other three are synoptics, which means similar. So they're similar. In all three of the synoptic Gospels, Jesus cries out from the cross. John never includes that phrase. Instead, John says, it is finished, exclamation. So the crying out is the exclamation mark. Now, so to me, that makes all the difference in the world, right? So I'm a Christian guy. So I don't believe that Jesus died a, a wimpy cry of defeat on the cross. I, I believe that because we know that that's not true. But did, he, but did he say that with a period, it is finished? Did he die with a weary cry of relief? It is finished. Or did he, on his final breath, drive his nail-pierced feet down on that wood, drive his completely lacerated back up the splintered crossbeam? Did he uh, push his hands into the nails to elevate his chest so he can get his chest above his shoulders to finally take that last breath? And in that dying moment, as the rocks were beginning to split, as the temple curtain was beginning to tear, as the clouds We're forming the peals of thunder. We're getting ready to to ignite. What happened in that moment? I believe that Jesus let out the scream across the universe with an exclamation point. The alpha alpha and omega male screamed, it is finished. And if I, to me, that is theologically so important from who I believe Jesus is a man. He had to have died the ultimate man death. Not some weary cry of relief. Jesus went out with a war cry that echoed all the way down to you and I right now, whether I'm in Daytona, Florida, or McMinnville, Oregon. And he's telling us as men, finish as an ex- with an exclamation point. And the problem, Rain, is that so many men today f- finish with an ellipsis, dot, 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 or they finish with a question mark. You know, I've got, I've got a box right here. See this box? Yep. This box came with a Remington Model 700, chambered in 270 in it, and blood all over it because that's the that's the box that my that the gun ha- that held the gun that my stepfather used to kill himself in 2012. Wow, and he was a good man, but we he left the world a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and and how about that kid who grows up who never sees his dad? You know how how does that that kid ask questions? So there are so many men out there today that leave this world with a with a question mark or an ellipsis or a comma or, or a dash, but we want to leave this world with an exclamation mark. And so guys say, okay, Ramos, how do I do it? Here's how you do it. You finish every day strong every day of your life. Compounded over time is a life that finishes strong. So when these guys get home from work and their kids are there and their wife is there, It is not time to hand out the leftovers. It is not time to put a comma on your day or a period. It is time to grind it out, to be the man that you've been called to be. And for the next three hours, you step up to the manhood mantle and you pick up that mantle, you put it on and you finish that day with an exclamation point. And you do that every day of your life for the rest of your life.
1: That's fantastic, man. I love that piece about the exclamation mark, because I think that that same essence that you're trying to bring out in the fact that he yelled this thing out. I think that that reverbs through history and is felt in us today. That yell that he said, it is finished, is what makes you who you are today. A saved son adopted by the father as sons and fellow heirs with Christ, man. I love that. Love that piece. And you know what? It is kind of tempting at the end of the day to just, hey, let me just put a comma. I'll fix it tomorrow let me let, let me put a semicolon we'll pick it up whenever we can but man finishing it with an exclamation mark and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying i i did it i did i i've done it you know i think that over time like you said compounded you start to build a history about yourself there's certain things that the enemy can't attack me in anymore because i just have to look back far enough and say, that hasn't been me for the last five years. This has actually been my history. This is what I've been doing that in itself. And plus the grace of the Lord is what helps me continue going, man. So thank you so much, Jim, for that.
0: And, you know, you know, as far as you're a fitness guy, I'm a fitness guy. I realize I'm not going to be able to hit every day of the week, but man, if I can hit more than not, if I can hit five out of seven or four out of seven, if I can progress, then I'm on my way to being a fit guy and, and achieving overall health. And so I don't want to put guys in bondage thinking, oh man, I've got a, there are guys listening to this podcast, man. They, they are over, they are goose eggs. Sure. So I'm just saying, Hey, get an exclamation point two days a week, three days a week, Yeah. you know, build that and compound that over time. You know, you can do this thing and listen, it's not easy. We as men will die before our wives. Statistically we die sooner because men are made to sacrifice and we have to be willing to die. If we're not willing to die, you know, That movie Braveheart, you know, Braveheart, he says, you know, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And we're all going to die. But how are
1: you going to live? Right. And and thank you for clarifying that because you're right. It's not about beating yourself up about, hey, I didn't do it today. I only got six out of seven. It wasn't a perfect score. It's not about that. Our life in Jesus is towards sanctification. Each and every day, we are being made more like Christ. We are Christians because Christ is the mark and we are aiming to be more Christ-like. And I love how much you talk about your wife in the book and talk about your wife (laughs) in the the podcast because guys, if you ever wanna know a good measure of how well you're doing at being Christ-like, just ask your wife. Look at her. Look at her state and where she is in life. And if and you said this in a recent podcast, if if she can look like she is glowing, right? She looks like she is smiling. She is happy. You know that you're doing something right, man.
0: Well, I'll tell you what the Bible says: the wife is the glory of man. And just this morning, my wife and I made love, and I was looking at her body, just going, "You are so beautiful. I am so thankful that at 50 years old, she's gonna be 50 this year. You are a beautiful woman. You're not frumpy. You're not you know, you take care of yourself and I'm just like enjoying her body, thanking God for it because my wife is my glory and how I treat my wife and how I invest in my wife is everything. And so I want to, when I look at a man, I want to see the glow in that wife's eyes that say this man, you know, I'm I, my wife. I go, do I tell you, I love you too much. Do I tell you I want your body too much? She goes, no, no I kind of like it. You know? Keep going. And so I just, I mean, I just encourage guys to right. get that win, man. you 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 know, rub those feet without wanting sex. You tell her she's beautiful. You tell her you love her. Man, you'll get all the sex you could ever imagine from her. She'll just instantly want to want you. And so, uh, you know, I think we just need to again. But that comes from a man who's turned his life outward and not turned his life inward. He said, he said, I'm going to finish this day strong, and that means loving my woman. That means you know, nurturing her, taking the kids because she's exhausted today or whatever. And so, it's from a man who's willing to die before his wife.
1: Man. So good. I mean, but how about that one time when you finished your, uh, 40 something mile ruck, you went home and then your wife must have rubbed your feet, right? Is that what happened? Did you hear what happened? I don't know no. what happened. I just want I, to segue oh, I into to, it. I, oh,
0: you suck, <laughs> man. So I got to the trail, I got to the trail, right? Yeah. And my son goes, you need to call mom now. I'm dude, I'm hurting. I'm a yeah. like 250 plus man. And I just did a 48 mile ruck. And I finished, I was the first guy to finish. Right. And so I got to the end of this thing and I find out my wife told her her car. She was, I called her, she was a wreck, bro. So I went home and I rubbed my wife's feet for a good hour to two hours because she was so distraught and heartbroken about toddling her car. I rubbed her feet. Yeah. Damn yeah. It, My feet were the ones hurting, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what a man does. Right. That's right. That was, that might've been my most manly moment. Right. Not, not, you know, shooting a, a three shot group at hundred yards, but, but rubbing a woman's feet who was hurting in the moment that might've been one of my shining moments. I don't get it right all the time. Sure. I mean, I, I honestly, I blow it very, pretty regular, but I got it right there.
1: That's yeah. awesome, man. Thank you for for remembering. Absolutely, man. (laughs) Like I said, I love your podcast, man. (laughs) Gentlemen, I want you to capture everything that um, Jim is doing. Jim and his team are doing over at Men in the Arena podcast. Check out meninthearena.org. Guys, he has a free book. That's ready for for you to get pick up electronically right now. If you want, you can get it on Amazon, but Hey, he's giving it to you for free. Go ahead and go onto his website, type in your email. He's going to sign you up for that, that, uh, that blast, right? That weekly, uh, that weekly blast. And you're going to get that book delivered to you instantly, guys. It's so good. Um, go ahead and check them out. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you just for being passionate. Thank you for being uh, obedient to the spirit and for coming on and, and giving me a chance, man. I, I'm so appreciative.
0: Hey, appreciate that. Appreciate you. And also, for our, I know you got some military guys listening. Hey, we've got uh, curriculum groups for men. And if they want to get into a Bible study, these are all these talking about these same five. We have the man card series of books. There's five of them. Right. And if they want to get into a study and they're over in Afghanistan or wherever they are, we'll just send you an electronic version for free, man. We want to take care of our guys. So you want the hard copy, you got to pay brother. But if you want to have an electronic version and go through this stuff with your brothers, we'll just shoot it over to you because we love our military guys. So.
1: Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Rain in Life podcast. Let's continue the conversation over at iRaininLife.com. There you'll find videos, podcast episodes, and other resources that will help you reign in life. Until then, continue to march.